Hello and welcome to another episode of Epic Failing. Today we have with us Phil Hammond. He's with Integrated Sales Execution Group. Phil, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. You're you're very welcome. So sales. You know, everybody has a preconceived notion about salespeople and what sales is. And why don't you just go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you do? Well, sure. Yeah. Now, and I can talk a little bit about how people feel about sales. And, you know, I don't think WKRP in Cincinnati did any favors for salespeople back. In the day. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> but we're not, we're not all Herb Tarlick. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do I do? Uh, well, basically I build high performing sales teams and I've been doing that for 25 years. I'm a fractional or outsourced vice president of sales. So I support owners in the SMB space, small and mid-sized business markets. And I work within B2B businesses to build or reignite their sales engine. So, you know, the value that I'll bring to a, an owner or a visionary is that they can step out of the sales process to focus on, you know, what they're good at or what their business needs them to be doing, or even better, they can relax and just enjoy their best lives. Sales is one thing, but sales leadership, I think, is, is a whole other thing. It's, uh, you know, it's everything from being a parent to being a salesperson to being in a, an executive leader, a representative of the organization. And I think it takes a special person with experience doing all those things to be effective. And I bring many, many years of experience doing that. There's a lot of great products out there, a lot of great service or service providers out there. But especially as a small business or small to medium-sized business, I find that entrepreneurs are wearing so many hats, right? And it's, you want to be able to get your product out there and, and sometimes they're, they're underserviced or they're underservicing to themselves. So would you provide like guidance in that area? Well, I mean, think about the whole fractional industry that's been born over the last 10 to 20 years to support small and mid-sized businesses. You know, first there were consultants and they would come in and they would spend a couple hours here or there with, with owners or with their salespeople or their HR departments or their executive team. And they do, you know, what I like to call the, uh, the hotel meeting room, U-shaped tables, everybody gets a binder, uh, you know, they dig in deep to that binder for those couple of days and then it goes on the shelf next to last year's binder and the previous year's binder. Yeah, yeah. But what, you know, what fractional leaders do is I think brings so much more value than that, Ryan, in that we actually go into the business and work as though we are part of that organization or part of that business. We don't work full time. We will have, in many cases, a number of different clients that we're servicing at the you know, during the same time period. But for that time in which we're focusing on a particular client, they get all of our attention. And the amount of services and solutions and time that we spend to them, I think, or with them, I feel is what's needed for a business of that size at this point in time. They don't need somebody full-time with our level of experience. You know, they probably, you know, I'll just say it, they, they don't want to invest that much money in having a full-time person who has been an executive leader in a corporation for over two decades. So what we do is through a hands-on approach, bring solutions in various 
you know, disciplines, be it sales, be it finance, HR, marketing, IT is a big one these days. You know, small business owners have to be so smart with where they spend their money. They can't afford to make the same mistake year after year after year, spending money unwisely. And I, I might be biased. Well, I am biased, but I also think I'm right when I say that hiring a fractional uh, leader for something like sales is just a, a better way to approach it other than, or as opposed to just taking training courses in sales. They don't need to wear every hat, like you're saying. They shouldn't, they have enough to do in running their company and thinking about what's next for them and their family and their business. They don't need to be, they don't need to be in their business. They need to be working on their business. Yeah, absolutely. Even coming from having some experience, you know, or having somebody that has some experience coming into the business and knowing how to maybe A, B test when you don't even know where to start as, as, as a business owner. Maybe you've designed a product or a service. And you're coming out there and you're expected to A, B test. And I mean, you have the funds for A, <laughs> but having a little bit of guidance in that area is probably uh, is where you would come yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, I, I bring proven methodologies, you know, and it's not just all about experience. It's about the tools and the, and the knowing what to do and when to do it. And more importantly, how to do it, how to execute strategies and get good results that I think is what differentiates uh, me from some others in this, uh, you know, especially in the consulting space, there's so many consultants out there, you know, and it's and more power to them, but you know, there, there are, there is a time and a place for that sort of situational guidance, but for ongoing sustained results, it makes sense to uh, partner with a, a fractional leader and like you said, focus on what they're, what they know and what they're good at. I mean, you know, the best, the best examples are, you know, like plumbers or dentists or uh, engineers or, you know, people in IT spaces, fintechs, they spend so much time in school and training and experience getting really good at their core business, but you know, never really focusing on all of the different aspects that go into running a company, especially as they grow and as they achieve success. And it would just be a shame if their ceiling was somehow capped because of their own inability to adapt to success and go beyond where they can get by themselves. You know, how do they go from being a solo operator, solopreneur to a, you know, two or three person company? to a 10 to 50 person company. It's a cataclysmic jump to get from that A to B. <laughs> yeah, and, and, let's, and let's face it, like the skills that are required for being a, um, maybe an engineer or, uh, or some service providers like, is like, is very different than sales, right? Like if you have a, a very analytical, analytical mind or a very, um, um, like you say, yeah, your typical engineer is, is not generally going to be a sales, a great salesperson. So having, having some training there for their business would be, is that something you provide? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I know you're not saying that salespeople aren't analytical. Well, actually, they actually have absolutely have to be analytical because you have to look at you know, where things are coming in from and you have to be able to um, assess what marketing and advertising, huge difference between the two, but 
uh, like what's working. That reminds me, Ryan, and brings up a good point that, you know, I don't consider myself to be capable of going out and individually being able to sell engineering solutions or, you know, something of that level of complexity or I'm not, I don't have that training or background, but what I do have is the experience in hiring and training the people who do have that experience in that background. So I don't provide fractional sales activities directly. I provide sales leadership and the sales leadership that goes into running a sales team and an engineering firm or an architectural firm or you know something like that is very similar to what would go on within a commercial plumbing or an electrician, very different business. Sales is sales. It's all about relationship building and having a process that you methodically follow and you get sales cycles moving towards positive outcomes in systemic and, and proven ways. So, you know, it's a, it's a fine line. And, and one of the, one of the challenges I do often face when I talk to two owners is they're expecting me to go out and sell for them. You're rather giving the tools to, to show them how to sell, which is, I mean, what is it? Teach a, teach a man to fish, right. Kind of thing, which is way better. Um, right then going out there and just doing it for them. They know their product better than anybody else. In fact, they have the passion behind the product. So if you can give them the tools to, to, to sell on top of that, that's, that's really where you're at. Yeah. And not just the tools, but uh, the sales infrastructure and the sales team who do become eventually self-sufficient or the business grows to the point where they do require a full-time uh, sales leader within the business because now it is it's the right time in the company's history economics or the financial situation of the organization has grown over time my job in any client relationship is to eventually put myself out of a job right and, on, <laughs> yeah. and I move on I, I leave a positive situation behind and move on I can still be available you know to come in and maybe be a part of some sales meetings or some leadership planning meetings or something like that as things continue to progress. But from a day-to-day hands-on approach, I can move on. And that's, and that usually takes about a year to get to that stage. So to get where you're at, to, um, to have this knowledge and, and pass it on to people, where, what's your background? Where do you come from to, I know that I personally have a very diverse background of different things that I've done and, and it kind of, I feel, I feel like it all led me to where I'm at now, but with being in sales, it's a very, it's, it's something I've always loved sales, marketing and advertising, right? It's, it's, it's been a passion of mine. So I'm always interested to see what people's background, especially what yours is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a, you know, a pretty interesting background from the, I wasn't always in sales. I actually started in a more operational yeah, I actually got myself started in in the mailroom to use the, uh, the old <laughs> and I, I worked my way up. Actually, the the business that I was part of in a company called Pitney Bowes, we specialized in outsourcing document management and solutions functions within corporations. So, you know, I you know, my first job with them was managing the corporate head office mailroom at Petro Canada as an outsourced employee. I've, I've been in outsourcing a lot over my, my few decades in, in business. And then I, you know, our, our business wasn't growing very much in this market. And I said to myself, if my career is going to grow, I'm, we need to sell. So I 
took it upon myself with the support of some very cooperative sales leaders and other parts of the organization who helped me along the way, I became the salesperson in this market as well. And that just grew over time. And, you know, over my 18 years with Pitney Bowes, I ended up as the vice president and general manager of the, the Canadian business unit um, for that division. And then, uh, you know, it was time to move on. And I, I took some other positions. I, I did work with a family owned, very successful graphic communications and marketing company here in Calgary for a couple of years. I, I helped them with sales leadership and marketing and helping them pivot away from being transactionally based to being more strategic with regards to their enterprise client relationships. When that was over, I went on to senior level, executive level positions within the uh, national graphic communications and digital marketing space uh, with a big organization out of Toronto. And and I ended up the last uh, few years that I was with them as the chief revenue officer. And then at the end of the pandemic, you know, things changed and, you know, they were Toronto based. I was uh, in Calgary and, you know, I think that the time was right for me to move on from that organization. And I did. And that's when I, I thought, do I want to just go and get another sales leadership job in a company like I've been doing for however many years, or do I want to, you know, take what I've learned and the experience that I've got. And I, and look at this market and what I can do to help entrepreneurs and small and mid-sized business owners in the, you know, Calgary, Alberta, you know, Western Canada space. And I thought, yes, I do. I, <laughs> you know, and I think back to my time at the, uh, the small Calgary company, you know, I loved it. It was a very enjoyable couple of years, you know, I, and I wish I'd started my fractional sales leadership practice then and there. But, you know, I got some more more experience over the last five years. And now I'm able to use that and be, I think, a little bit more effective and, you know, as a result. So I've always been a very servant type of leader, very hands on. I really enjoy being in front of customers. I really enjoy strategizing sales opportunities and, you know, thinking about ways in which we can solve client challenges and helping them uncover challenges that may, they might not even know exist in their organization or in their industry, helping them see what's coming up down the road. I like that so much more, Ryan, than spending time in the in boardrooms and, you know, going over reports and, you know, reporting to shareholders and that sort of thing. So, you know, now, now I'm, I have the best boss in the world. That's me. And, uh, <laughs> I really enjoy working with myself. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, no, that's awesome. That's, I mean, Hey, that's, that's, that's why I do what I do. But what I really like what I hear there too, is like um, solving a problem, right. And being creative and, and thinking of, of ways to, to reach out to clients or thinking about problems that your clients or customers may have and trying to um, um, reverse engineer that to get to the point where you can, service them or, you know, be in sales for them better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have to say like, it's not sales, it's service, right? And that's, that's, it's, that's, that's a better way to look at, look at things is, is that you're, how can, how can you help rather than this being just a transactional approach? You know, you're, you're helping somebody solve a problem. You're bringing forward solutions that help solve problems that, you know, while experience is great, 
so many things that come up these days. And I think we've all learned this over the last two or three years, just when you think you've seen it all, something else happens, right? Yeah. You know, something you never thought of a once in a lifetime event. We've had so many once in a lifetime events. It seems, um, I don't know why they all had to happen in the last 10 years, but you know, everything's different and every, everything pivots and changes, you know, probably the, the neatest thing that's happened in my business is, is the ability to work remotely or virtually. I can be a contributing member of a sales leader or provide sales leadership and a contributing member of the leadership of an organization from my house with the right skills and technology. Anybody can do that. And that would have never been an acceptable way of approaching running a business or getting support to run your business, you know, even five years ago, probably. So, you know, what a, what a, what a changing world and, and all the problems that come up are new. And I, I just love the diversity of what I do and working with, you know, company A on Monday and company B on Tuesday, and then, you know, spending some time in the community on, on Wednesday and you know, the flexibility that comes with that combined with the value that, you know, I'm, I'm told I bring is really energizing. And, um, you know, I, I just love not only helping clients solve problems and be successful, but also sales professionals who, you know, may have hit a stumbling block in their career and they don't know what to do next. Or maybe it's a, somebody that's new to sales who never thought they'd be in sales, but somebody said, Hey, you're, you know, you're really good at building relationships and very personable and people like you. So you should go into sales. So they do. And then, you know, so many, so many companies don't know what to do with those folks. Right. That's where, that's where I come in and I can help. That's um, I actually have a friend, a good friend of mine who um, was told by everybody, you should get into sales. You should get into sales. And they got this sales job. I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible. And I think they didn't have the support, right? They didn't, they had never done a sales position before, but because they are like such a personable, such a personable guy that when he got into it, it was, there was a lot of stumbling blocks and he, you know, he ended up getting out of it. And and it was a shame because he would have been so good to do it had he had the support. The other thing you said that I thought was like really, really interesting too, is like the whole, you're going with like the work from home and a lot of changes have happened. The other changes I noticed, and I mean, this is something much smaller. It's not as um, big of a change as, you know, working from home and whatnot, but just on a very small level, I noticed that we're, we're doing a zoom meeting here. And um, while the listeners aren't going to see this, but I'm, I'm looking at your, uh, your background and you have a QR code. And it was so funny up until like we in real estate here, we experiment, we experimented with QR codes. People had no idea what to do with them. They were just like, yeah, sure. It was trendy for like a week. <laughs> and then COVID happened and, and QR codes were all but done at that point. They were, they, they were like, you'd be laughed at if you had a QR code. Um, and now because all the restaurants were using them for the touchless menus, it's, it's like, um, it's standard now. Everybody knows what they are. My mom, who wouldn't mind me saying this, but she is not techie in the slightest. She had a QR code? Yeah, we were out last night, and she she grabbed the menu, and she's just doing the QR code, and I, and I thought it was brilliant, and it's, uh, it's, it's such a great tool now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's about adapting to situations, right? And, and while, you know, I wouldn't want to be 
in the business card printing business anymore because I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of those being exchanged these days, even though I, you know, when I started my business, I went and bought a thousand. I think I have 998 left, you know, in eight months, but <laughs> <laughs> the QR code and, and other ways, other digital means to pass along your, your contact information quickly, um, you know, are far more prevalent. You're, you're exactly right. What was your, uh, what was talking about your friend, you know, just getting back to, to them, you know, sales isn't for everybody. He got into auto sales is what it was. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's a hockey fight kind of existence to begin with. Right. I mean, it's a uh, very situational and you've got about 10 seconds to, uh, to get the person. Otherwise you're just wasting your time. But a lot of people are just really good at building relationships, but they can't, they can't close or they can't handle rejection or they can't pivot. They go down a different path. You know, they, they need everything to go perfectly in a relationship. And when that does, you know, they can sell. And, you know, if it was selling was easy, I think everybody would do it because in most companies, the salespeople are some of the better compensated people, right? You know, because, you know, not the old adage that nothing happens in any business until somebody sells something. And so deservedly so, they're, they're the, the most successful ones do do very well financially, but it's not for everybody. You know, there's, there's nothing better than the, the couple of days a month where you get a, a big deal, but the other 90% of days can be a real slog. You know what it's like. You know, whether you're doing cold calling or whether you're, you know, even, you know, even calling some of the people, you know, and you get the, like, you know, the blow off or the, you know, <laughs> and that might be the nicest call you have that day. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. A customer that te- or a prospect that tells you no right away, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to change their mind is, is a good thing, you know, move on. <laughs> and that's the thing about sales is that no's are great. Yeah. You know what the worst one is? Um, uh, you know, let me think about it. I'm, you know, I'm just doing some things. I'm just doing some restructuring, but you know, give me a call back. Yeah. It's like, ah, because then you're, you're wasting all this time and the person is probably just trying to be nice to you, but you're, you're thinking it's like you got to, so you want to hit that. No, like give me a no. Right. Huh. Yeah. And you know, and a, and a salesperson needs to be intellectually honest with themselves and, and understand that, you know, no, sometimes does mean no, sometimes no means not, not today or not that solution. So pivot, give me another option. But in some cases, you know, the deal's over um, or the opportunity's over and you need to move on to the next thing. One of the, one of the most important parts of sales leadership are one-to-one meetings with your, with your sales representatives, sales advisors or associates and, and, and doing wholesome funnel reviews of their biggest opportunities. And if, and if they're not moving through the pipeline, why not? And what can be done to move it? Or, I mean, is it dead? Is it really an opportunity? And because a business owner, uh, the leadership or financial arm of any organization needs to know what's coming up down the road, isn't, you know, error or isn't, (laughs) isn't just, uh, is actually based on fact and reality and is going to happen. And there's a certain amount of certainty attached to it. So when you do get your nose, you got to be brave enough to remove them from your funnel and then bright enough to get back out there and replenish that pipeline through activity and good old fashioned hard work. 
it's not all hockey games and lunches and, and that sort of thing. It is, you know, a lot of research, the best sales cycles start after the, you know, the sales professional has done an awful lot of research about the company, about the individual they're going to be calling on about the uh, industry that the company is in, you know, what challenges exist today and down the road, what are other companies in that prospects industry doing prospects love to know what, what's working and especially what's working at their competitors. You know, there's keeping up, keeping up with the Joneses is a, you know, is a, is an important thing in business and nobody wants to be outperformed. And, you know, a good idea is only uh, a good idea for a single company for a matter of moments, you know, before other companies start doing it. So if you're covering an industry as a sales professional, learn everything you possibly can about that industry and then just be really, really good at it and, and become a trusted advisor for a great many, a great many companies. That's actually great advice. Um, seeing yourself as an advisor to that industry, you know, whether you be selling houses or cars or, or, you know, an accounting service or bookkeeping or, or whatever it may be to be a trusted advisor in that industry where people want to come to you, they're coming to you for advice, right? That's, that's, that's ideal. Yeah. And I, I think you do a great job of that, of like staying in front of your clients, you know, long-term for a variety of different reasons, using a variety of different uh, methods, be it, you know, technology-based or in LinkedIn marketing or newsletters or events that you might host um, and having people come out to them you know, you just, you need to be top of mind in your prospects thinking that when the time is right for them, you're the one they call, right? Because they do, they don't only trust you, but they know that you know them and their industry and what's going on. And they know you care because you stay in touch, right? And uh, it, that's a, it's such an easy thing to do, but it's often not done, you know, because it, because it's not fun and it takes time to think. <laughs> I always say that, you know, it's interesting. I bought two new vehicles in my lifetime <laughs> and, and, um, both times salesperson was great. Got along with them. They were friendly, but then the only time I ever heard from that company was like, Oh, do you want to sell your vehicle to do a trade up? Or here's a, you know, we're having an event, you know, come check out our cars or vehicles or, and, you know, for the cost of like, um, a $2 item or, a, you know, even a card, you know, just to, you know, that comes out, you know, regularly be like, Oh yeah. You know, Dave at, you know, at Dodge or whatever, right. Or, or Vince or whoever it may have been. Right. It's like, it would have not only kept me, kept them top of mind with me, but if I knew of anybody, I'd be like, Hey, I'd feel like I had more of a connection with, with the, with the salesperson. I would have passed them on, given them a referral it's that that follow up afterwards. I think. Yeah, so and, and these days with with CRM platforms, it's so easy to do that, right? You, oh yeah. You set it up to be, you know, systemic in nature. It just happens. You just populate it with content that you've created, hopefully, or that you know you've borrowed creatively from another source, and you share it. R and D, rip off and duplicate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Give credit where credit's due, of course, but yeah, yeah. you know, pass along information, help make your clients' lives easier and more interesting by keeping them up to date with what's going on in their business. You know, they're 
they're, they're slugging it out every day, just like you. And, you know, if you, uh, just stay in front of them, you know, be the, be the right person in the right place at the right time. You know, that's what sales is all about, right? Just be there when your client needs you and you'll do well. And a sales leader's job is to make sure they have the right people in the right seats on the bus who are doing all the right things at the right time and choose your prospects wisely. I mean, I've, I've always thought, you know, even when I was a, uh, I mean, we're all in sales, right? But I, I truly believe focus on your, you know, your top 25 biggest prospects and then work the heck out of those. Don't, don't think you can properly manage a thousand prospects, you know, depending on your industry, I guess, but be extremely rigorous and intentional with your biggest prospects, as opposed to trying to be all things to all people. And you'll experience higher levels of success and you'll be rewarded because the amount of attention that you give to your biggest prospects are in all likelihood going to be the the most financially advantageous to you from a uh, quota attainment and a personal compensation perspective. Right. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's interesting where you're talking about um, staying in front of people and staying connected and reaching out to them. When it comes to the business card thing, we're going to go back. I've done the same thing. I've misplaced my business cards. I got them, I got them all printed up and I misplaced them, but I always tell people, especially young agents that come to my office. I'm like, don't worry so much about your business cards. Don't be a card giver, be a card collector, right? Like go out and get people's cards, get now, now you're in control, right? You can, you can reach out to them. I always laugh when somebody says to me, like, Oh, Ryan, I need more of your cards to give out. Well, Hey, the, the person goes home, puts it through the wash and then now great. I'd rather have their information be like, Oh, if you're interested in, and you know, buying a house, why don't you, you know, why doesn't Ryan call you? Right. And then that's a, I, I prefer that approach. I know that some industries can't do that. I think lawyers can't approach people, but so they can't do that. But I think that's a, that's a better way to, to look at it. I think we can be thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Uh, some, some lawyers are the nicest people in the world. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, no, and I I think that's part of what I'm doing today that I'm really enjoying a lot is being a a connector, you know, like a a referral giver. You know, I'm meeting so many people. You know, I spent the first three months in my practice just building my referral network and learning about other great leaders in the space and other other service providers who could bring a tremendous amount of value to to clients and to visionaries or owners of organizations and, and connecting them with other people within my network or with prospects that I would end up talking to at events. I'm finding that to be extremely personally rewarding and, and also interesting. I mean, the, the diversity that comes with doing what we do as opposed to getting up every morning and just going into the, into the puzzle factory yet again to, you know, do the same thing day after day after day. It's far more interesting and, and exciting. I mean, it's a, I've become a small business unto myself and I'm finding all kinds of weird and wonderful resources out there that can help me too. You know, it's a, it's a great two way street. What I also really like about what you do is that 
you know, say somebody that's in maybe even a sales position themselves, like myself, right, to hire you for for a session or, or, or something would be a good thing as well, because even though I consider myself sales and, you know, that's, you know, throw the ego aside, you meet with so many businesses and so many different types of sales that you're not myopic in your vision, right? So you can you can take like a, a step back and take a look at my systems and processes and be a little more analytical, going back to analytical and saying where I should pivot. I do do sales coaching for small business owners maybe who aren't large enough to require a sales infrastructure within their business. I will sit down with them and provide regular coaching and solutions. I, you know, I am a member, as you know, of, of BNI and, you know, I have a lot of one-to-ones with other members of, you know, our chapter and other chapters. And inevitably, uh, you know, it ends up being a conversation about how they can grow their business, or we just think of different ways in which we can grow their business. I I almost think I'm at a disadvantage in that respect that I have a one-to-one with a, uh, you know, with a general contractor they don't accidentally refurbish my kitchen during the conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I don't know. I'll bring that. I need my fence painted. I should have a one-to-one with somebody. Right. But I, uh, I do, I do just enjoy discussing sales and, and, and thinking of different ways in which people can be successful and what markets they should be they should be uh, approaching and, and tackling. You know, I said about their their resources are so important. They can't afford to not only spend money uh, in the wrong place, they can't afford to spend their time in the wrong place. You know, they can't. Yeah, I mean, it's the time is, you know, after, equally as important as, as the financial side of things. And, you know, make, make sure you're focusing your efforts where you know, fish in the right ponds, you know, the old adage. And those are the conversations I really enjoy having. And, you know, what is your go-to-market strategy? What's your unique value proposition? You know, who's your ideal client? What clients should you be divorcing yourself of? And what lessons should you learn from that and not and not repeat? You know, who should you be connecting with? Who would make a good referral partner for you out in the market? And what sort of time should you invest in getting to know people in that space? And and how how do you how do you go about doing that? You know, it's not easy. Not everybody is just inherently born with that knowledge or, but they're, but it pointed in the right direction. I think the vast majority of business owners can do it. And they, sometimes they just need a, a bit of a nudge or a, a sounding board. And you know, I, I really enjoy doing that. That can be the hardest thing too. I know I have a lot of friends that have um, either even just wanted to start their own business, and it's and it's the biggest question is yeah, but how, right? And it's um and sometimes it's the answer is just go. But if they were able to connect with somebody like you, then that's uh you can give them that how. Yeah, I mean they're they're really good at doing something, but you know how do I get that idea to market, right? I've I've built this great widget. And it does this, and this is what the benefits are of it. And this is who it can help. How do I go about sharing that information with the right market at the right time to, you know, to, to feed my family and pay my mortgage and all that kind of good stuff? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And I really enjoy doing that. That's awesome. So how do people get a hold of you if they um, need a QR code? 
<laughs> the, QR, the QR code, but this is <laughs> uh, well. You can uh, you can go to my website, which is just philhammond.ca, all one word. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. <laughs> Connect with me, uh, Phil Hammond, and I'd be happy to set up a one to one with anybody that wants to have a, a discussion about what's going on in their world, or you know, if they want to talk about football or they want to talk about hockey or they're just looking for a, if they're looking for a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> it is, right? I mean, that's, it sounds kind of corny, but you know, I'd always worked in, in companies, big companies, right? And every morning you go in there and you you'd go in, not just because you had to, but you'd go in there because you really liked the people you were working with. And you know, a lot of your friends, came from that space, both current and from long ago. And then when you start your own business, you kind of go very quickly from that to being on an island. I mean, I'm best friends with my dogs right now. Um, It can be a very lonely space um, being self-employed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I joined BNI. I love our chapter. It has a lot of members in it and they're all good people who want to do not just well for themselves, but they want, we want to do well for one another and form some great friendships. You know, I think I've only been in the the group since June, but you know, there's some people in, you know, yourself included who I, you know, I consider friends now and I really enjoy talking to, and it's really, and it's a great way networking and building your is a great way to build your referral partner network, but it's also a great way to, uh, you know, fill some of those social needs that, that I think everybody has and you, and you need to stay present out in the market. You know, you need to keep your name out there. People can't, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked, like, how do you get a hold of you? Well, I mean, you, know, you need to tell people how they get a hold of you for sure. You, ask for the, you have to ask for the business. <laughs> I mean, people don't show up at your store anymore. Now they they sure don't show up at your house right, when you're working from home. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a good question. And yeah, Phil Hammond on LinkedIn or philhammond.ca. Can't believe that domain name was available, but it was. So there I am. Right on. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. A wealth of information. And if you are needing sales help, whether it just be some coaching or you want a fractional sales executive, call Phil Hammond or reach out to Phil Hammond. I will put his information in the show notes. So whatever um, channel you're listening to, you'll see it in the show notes. And until next time, stay epic. Thanks again for listening to Epic Phelan. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. Give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealRyanPhelan. And visit my website at thecalgaryrealestateguy.com. Until next time, stay epic.